I need my heart and mind guarded a lot because, you know, my mind can be my worst enemy, but it's gotten way better because I'm starting to learn these equations. You know, the Bible knows what it's talking about. Just spend some time with God and things happen. Then he goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. pure and just, but uh, that don't happen a lot of times, does it? We let all the negativity of this world come in, and we don't think about things that we need to, and we let all the other stuff flood our minds and our, and our thoughts, but thank you, JJ, for that word this morning, brother. Um, so it's good to see everybody this morning. Glad you're here. Glad you came to be at church this morning, um, and just, just excited that you started out this week with God. And I hope this ain't the only day you start out the week with God. I hope it's Monday through Saturday that we keep on with God, and, and it's not just today. So it's good to see everybody. Hope you're ready and bracing for the uh, cold weather that's coming this week. I don't think we're going to dodge that. Um, so, you know, just make sure your pipes are covered up and your water's running, and hopefully nobody have any busted pipes or anything. So, no, we don't want to, but... And hopefully all the snow will stay and ice will stay somewhere else is what I'm hoping. So, but uh, a couple other things that wasn't in the bulletin or one other thing that um, there is a family information sheet. Keisha is, her and Jenny, are you doing it, Jenny, or is it just Keisha? Just Keisha? She is keeping up with the birthdays, anniversaries, stuff like that. So I know we've had people move and people get married and different things like that that um, so if I know if you say, well, I filled out an information sheet last week or last year, whatever, just please stop by the back table this morning, pick one of those up, fill it out, give it to me or Keisha or Jeannie. We'll make sure Keisha gets it if you don't see her, but give it back to her. We can keep up with that because she is doing a good job sending the cards out, anniversary and birthday cards, but we need to make sure we have the right addresses on everything. So she just asked for that to be updated. So please do that. Um, and then also next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism. Um, Brittany Knowles, Miss, Miss Brenda's granddaughter, Sonia's daughter, um, come to me Wednesday night. And she said, I, I feel like I, need to, I want to be baptized. She said, I did when I was like 12 or 13, but now I was like, come on, let's do it. So she's not here today. I don't know. Hopefully she's doing good. But uh, she'll be here next Sunday because we'll talk to her. So that, with that, that is an open invitation to anybody else that is you know, you know, I've been baptized, I haven't been baptized, I don't even know if I'm saved, whatever. We get the salvation tank taken care of first, and then the baptism, and, and that's what it's all about. And then it'll be open and ready for, for whoever wants to come and get baptized next Sunday. So we're going to plan that right after church next Sunday morning. Um, so excited about that. All right, anything else just now that I missed? Yes, ma'am. 
That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yeah. I want to thank everybody that come up there and worked and cut and moved limbs. And, you know, if it wasn't for Drew being dangerous enough to crawl over the slick roof, I looked at it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just waiting on a tree guy. And he's like, no, nah, we can do this, this, and this. I'm like, all right, then. Just, uh, so I was just dodging limbs as they were coming off the roof. <laughs> You did. You did. Now, we may have to replace Miss Jeannie's antenna. It, it did get snapped off the pole. But uh, thankfully, there was no more damage than what there was. If you need any maple, I mean, it, yeah, there's a maple tree. If you need any maple wood, there's plenty up there. She, is, she says people's coming to get it, but it's first come, first serve, and just take a chainsaw. If you've got one that cut trunks about that big around, then y'all have at it. Because, yeah, my chainsaw will not. I'll just put it like that. I don't have that big a chainsaw. No, it doesn't hold me. It said, you don't want to do that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but again, thank you all for everything. And we, we went up there Thursday, and there was one of our old classmates that were up there um, that was patching a roof, and we was helping, able to help him get that fixed where she didn't get wet inside on Friday when all that rain came. So, do appreciate all the work and all the help. There's still plenty to do, so if you don't have nothing to do the next few days, it's a good way for y'all to stay warm. You just go out there and work, right? Always heard heat's in the tools. So I'm joking. <laughs> don't go out there and freeze cutting some wood. All right. Well, let's receive our offering this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says that as we give, we should do it joyfully, not grudgingly nor necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. And so as you give this morning, as you prepare it in your heart to give, I, I, I hope that you prayed about it before you even got here. God, what would you have me do? What would you have me give? And, and do that in a way according to the Word of God in obedience with Him. If you would like to give, you know, toward expenses going to Miss Jenny. There's a place on our way. You can write a check and it'll go to her. Just mark it as that. You know, we have the Rebel Give on our website and there is a tab marked for Jenny Jacobs if you want to give there. And You know, just spread that word. And it's not like we're trying to, she's trying to make money or anything like that. It's just expenses that, that come up because she needs her house fixed. She needs that stuff gone. So, um, so ask God and, and ask God to show you what you need to do as far as helping, as we need to help as He's called us to help. Serve as He's called us to serve. So so this morning, just remember that. Give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. Don't give of necessity of a grudging heart. Give cheerfully this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love You and we praise You. We thank You for this day and this time that we get to come together and worship and praise Your holy name, that we get to come and, and listen and learn from Your Word today, Father. God, that we're open and receptive to the moving of the Holy Spirit in this place in our lives, that, that, that we're willing and ready and, and, and make the decision today to move things out 
that, that do not belong here in our life, that do not belong there, that, that are, are holding us back from, from doing what we need to do in our lives each and every day, in our relationship with you each and every day. God, that we look to you more and more, that we dive in, that we want to know you, and that we want to, we want to get closer to you as we can, and we want to learn from you each and every day as we need to. Father, I just ask that you touch each and everybody in here today, Father God. Be with the message as it goes forward today. God, that you just touch and move and use me as a vessel, God, ready and willing and able to speak what you have me to speak today, Father. And I thank you, God, that you're blessed and touch each and every one is here as we go into our time of, of offering, of tithes and offering, that you touch and bless each and every person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. We got any children ready for children's church this morning? Are they having children's church this morning? Okay. <laughs> we got a couple. There we go. There's some more. <laughs> yeah, Hallie is out gallivanting around Nashville, so she's... uh. No, she's at a seminar up there. She's about to finish up her degree in dental hygienist. Um, and so she's up there at a big seminar up there toward that degree. So we just, she's, she's not had a lot of time to have any, any outward time. So it's been long days in, in seminars and, and training, which is good. That's good. Give young people enough, enough lead way, and then they make choices they don't need to make, right? We all know that, just like adults do. Just like, just like us adults do. You give us enough leadway in our own, our own way of thinking, our own mind, and, and then we end up doing our own thing and, and not what we're supposed to do. So anyway, all right. So I don't know about y'all, but we're about, I'm excited that we're finishing up almost week number two. If you're involved and dedicated yourself to the 21 days of fasting and prayer, then, you know, tomorrow starts that third week. And don't look at it as, oh, I've only got one more week where I have to do this. i only got one more week. I can do what I want to again. It ain't about that. I encourage you this week, dive in even further, okay? Press even further into the presence of God each and every day in your life. Spend more time. Do more. And, and watch God show you. And it's not about showing others, look, I'm doing this. Because remember we read... He said, just as you pray in your secret place, God will reward you openly. It's the same as fasting. When you fast and you do this because you know that God's called you to do something in your life, give something up for Him during this time, that you don't go, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. What are you doing? Well, what are you doing to fast? Well, it ain't none of your business. How's that? So, oh, well, well, I mean, are you going to brag about it? If you're bragging about it, you're like the Pharisees that Jesus talked about. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. Whatever you, you fast and you do that in secret, God reward you openly for that. So, I mean, it's not a thing to where we're bragging. We show. But, you know, I'm excited 
that not that it's about to end, but that I'm actually doing and obeying God and what He's told me to do. That's the exciting part. And seeing God work and move in my own life and moving things out of the way. So that, that's what you need to be excited about. Not that it's coming to an end, but that you are actually in obedience to God's Word. And, and then when we, as we seek and as we pray and as we do these things, then, then God's going to show up and you say, well, I didn't do anything. Then I still encourage you to pray and seek God even more this week. Why? Because we need that in your life. Whether you're fasting anything or not, you need prayer in your life. You need communication with God in your life on a daily basis, all day, every day, and have it to where you can go to God at any time. Because as, as it says in Matthew chapter 7, He says, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. And so the Amplified Version says, keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. In other words, keep on pressing in. Keep on wanting more of God. Why? Because we need God in our life every day. There's not a time and a day that goes by where we think things are good in our life, whatever's going on, I don't need to bother God today. It's not about that. If that's your mindset, then you need to ask for forgiveness and let God show you that it's not you're not bothering Him. He created you to have, to have a relationship with Him, and that's what He wants. So in verse, in verse 8 of Matthew 7, For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So as we ask God, as we go to Him in prayer and His will and what He wants for our life, and as we seek Him on a daily basis, then those things will start being revealed to us in our life, whatever it is. You need wisdom and understanding for different things. Whatever it is in your life, God will show you those things, but we have to be willing to set ourselves aside. We have to be willing to do the things and ask and receive and seek and, and know that God will open those doors. So, so don't forget that. And I just encourage you this week, keep pressing on. Okay, keep pressing on. All right. So we're going to go back and, and finish up our subject. We talked started last week about knowing who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. And we said last week when I read the, the excerpt from that commentary that said, to be in Christ is to find personal fulfillment to enjoy brotherly unity, and I like this one, to experience radical transformation. Experience radical transformation. And that's, that's what we need to look at in our life. We're in Christ. My life should have changed and should be changed radically versus where it was in the world. And, and to know who we are in Christ and to realize and understand that means we understand our identity as believers. Because we can see in the world today that the devil has done a really good job of tricking people's mind of what their identity is. Who they identify as, male or female, he, she, whatever. There's more than one. No, we all know it doesn't work that way. We're not getting into that. But you can see the effects of it all around. I mean, it's not just, you think it's in these big cities. No, it's in Decatur, it's in Hartzell, it's in Faultful. We see it all over that the devil has warped people's minds even more. And we'll see, as the Bible talks about, that, that the, you know, we know sin's going to grow rapidly in these last days. And evil is going to become worse. But we see that people just don't realize who they are. But it's not just in the world, sadly, it's in the body of Christ. It's in the church. Satan has also done a good job as deceiving Christians, as we call them, believers, as we said, into thinking that, hey, I'm good, but I can do what I want to. 
and then we realize we don't know who we are. We don't know who God is in it, who, who Christ is in us. And so, why? Because we're trying to live our own way and still act like that we're in Christ when it, it doesn't work that way. Just like if I... This will never happen. But if I decided to be a female, it wouldn't work. Why? Because I was born a male. Well, so if I, if I, if in, in the spiritual world, Jesus said you had to be born again, right? You had to be, in other words, reborn. You're, and as our main text is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, to anyone, if anyone is in Christ, put that up there. If anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So that goes back to where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and said you had to be born again. So if I'm born again, then I, should, I can't live like I used to. That old man shouldn't exist. So my identity is not who I was. My identity is not what the world says of me. My identity now is what Jesus says of me. Why? Because I'm in Christ and He's in me. And, and, and so He's in me. I'm in Christ. We're one together. That's where we're supposed to be. And so... You know, we, we get to that point to where we lose who we are and our identity because we can't get past ourselves. But as our verse says, if anyone's in Christ, he or she is a new creation. You are a new creation. If Jesus is Lord of your life today, you are a new creation. That means old things, that old self, that old way of I want to do things, that old way of me wanting to do whatever I want to do should be gone. That old way of talking, that old way of thinking, that old way of acting, the old way of living in sin. And, and here's where a lot of us in the church get, get in trouble. We still want God and we still want our sin. We still want God and we still want to live in our sin. Why? Because we think we can justify our sin enough and say that Christ is in us. You say, well, I'm not perfect, I'm only human. Again, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. So if you're a new creation, then that excuse of I'm just human needs to go out of your thought process. I, I, I can't help but make these mistakes. You can because you're in Christ. You can because He's given you a spirit, the Holy Spirit, inside of you to where He can help you get over these things in your life. The problem is most of us don't want to because we know it's going to take some work. And going to take a lot of change. So we just sit down and we're comfortable in ourselves instead of believing what this verse says. Instead of fully believing what this verse says. When it goes on to say, old things have passed away and behold what? How many things have become new? All things have become new. All things. All things have become new. So, so there's no excuse in ourselves. We can, we, we can make excuses all we want to, but there's no good excuse that we're not living the life that God called us to live. That where our identity is not fully in Him. That, that you know, I, I hate the forms these days. I don't know if y'all filled out like an insurance form or doctor's form. And, and even when I go to give blood at work, it'll say, are you the same sex today as you was when you got married? I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you identify as the same sex today as when you got married? Yes, yes. But it's one of those things they got to put on there. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. So we, we carry that on to our spiritual life and we wake up, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Well, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior 
and you've asked Him to give you your sins, and that means you are saved, right? So today we're going to talk more about uh, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Knowing who we are in Him. And, and understanding that and the power of that in our life and what that means for us. So, we all know that we have sin in our life because there's, it says there is none righteous, no, not one, right? Only one that was righteous. Nobody else on this earth was righteous enough without Jesus. So we all have sin to come short of the glory of God. So even though we're saved and we, and we, think, we say that Jesus is Lord of our life, we still have things in our life that we, we can't get over or that we won't get over and won't get through. And then Paul and, and the Romans were having issues with that, the church at Rome. And so in, in chapter 6 and verse 1, and this is where we get a lot of times because, you know, we, again, we want to give up these things to a point, but then we don't. We want to give up our old ways. We want to give up, you know, knowing what biblically God says is wrong in our life, but then we don't. Romans 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Do you think that if we didn't sin, God wouldn't have as much grace for us? No. No, not at all. That is not how that works. He says, Certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin live, there, live any longer in it? So how shall we that said we are a new creation in Christ still continue to live in sin? It doesn't work that way. It, does, it shouldn't work that way. We try to make it work that way. And try to justify it that way, but it should not work that way in our life. Because when we realize that, that we don't have to live in that way and in that mindset of thinking anymore, in that mindset in our life, because we know and we identify that we're in Christ Jesus, then, then we can move away from those things and we don't have to go on will, willingly sinning in our life each and every day. And you say, well, what if I mess up? That's where the grace and mercy comes in. But not willingly do it each and every day. Not just go on because I'm going to do this knowing God's going to forgive me. It doesn't work like that. So when we realize who we are in Christ, we can get over those things. But it goes further than that. When we realize who we are in Christ, we can, we can serve others as Jesus served. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served but to serve others, right? And so if Christ is in us, then we should have a heart for serving others. Just as we went up there to Miss Jeannie's this week and we served at her house. Just as we do here when we come here. We're not here, I'm, we're not here to, to, you know, to be served, but to help serve each other and to be there for each other's needs and whatever's going on in somebody's life to help pray for one another. That's what we're here for. To be out in our community to serve. Not just, not just be a pet, someone on a pedestal. Oh, we can't go talk to them. No, we need to talk and we need to serve just as Jesus served. Why? Because if Christ is in us, then we should have the heart just as He did to serve others. And come with that serving comes with, we can, we can also love others as Jesus does. We can love others as Jesus does. Why? Because we understand our identity in Him is that we're loved. Because of Him, He loves us. Because why? Why do we love God? Because in First John it says we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. He first loved us. And so we love Him. And so we should be able to share that love with others and show that love with others as hard as it may be. And everybody in here has got people in their life, in their family, that they work with, whatever it is. You're like, I just I can't love them. 
I can't love them. Well, you need to go back and understand who you are in Christ. And then think about that what you just thought and said again. It may be hard for you to love them sometimes, but think about how hard it may be. And you think, well, that shouldn't be right for Jesus to love us. Why? Because we're so, we're so awful in our ways. And he, said, he also said that even before we were saved, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that if He died for us while we were sinners, that means He loved us while we were sinners. So again, we go back to Romans 6. Why should we keep on sinning? Why should we keep on living that life? Because our identity is in Him. We should be able to not only love others. If we can get to the point that we can love others as we need to, as hard as it may be sometimes, me and Gabby joke, she'll, you know, we'll joke around and she'll say, well, I love you, but I don't like you right now. And that's a lot. I mean, I make her mad enough. I understand. And she's only joking. I mean, she's, she's, not, she's not serious, I don't think. I don't think. But, so, I mean, loving others does not mean that, well, loving others does not mean, as we said the other night, when you love others, you can forgive others, but forgiving others for somebody that's something that they've done wrong to you in your life or they've hurt you, you've hurt them, does not mean that you have to uh, go be just best buds with them. That means you, whenever time you see them or that person comes up or that situation comes up, you don't start hating that thing again or hating that person again or talking bad about them again or downing them again or, or cursing them again. Is what that means when you truly can forgive somebody, and that takes time. It takes time. So, when, but when we know who we are in Christ and our identity is fully in Him, we can serve others as Jesus did, we can love as Jesus does, and we can forgive as Jesus does. And, and you say, well, I just don't know if I can get to that point. Always go back. You can always go back to that 2 Corinthians 5.17. And when those thoughts start coming in your mind, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can forgive them. I don't know that I can love them. You can say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I know that I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new because I'm in Christ. And it may take 42 times a day saying it. But then we'll get to the point where we can get over it. And and so so we've got to we've got to start somewhere. So why not here and why not now? We've got to start because if you don't ever start doing it, then you'll never get to the point where you can get over it. So so he's been successful at, at uh, deceiving identity and our identity in the church, just as in the world. But today, and we're going to read through a, through a few of these points that I've got today on who we are in Christ. And you know, before we leave here. Who you are in Christ. Who we all are in Christ and what that means to us. So the first one it means is, you know, we just said we can love as Jesus loves because we're in Christ. So I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. Why? Because we sung about it this morning. The good, good Father. What He's done for us. Dying on the cross for us. Saving us of our sins means that we are loved. But we were loved before we ever created in this world. God knew that on, on January 14th, 2024, you were going to be here. So He knew that every year you was going to be born, the day, the year, the hour, the minute, down to the second. He knew when you was going to be born on this earth. And He's like, I love them. I love them. I sent my son Jesus to show how much I love them. But we can always go back, make it the simplest form in the world to know that we're loved. In John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible. You know, I've, I've watched this video and it's sad 
you know, this guy, he's like, here, I got 20 bucks if you can tell me a verse in the Bible. And he goes through five or six different people and they have no clue. No clue. They couldn't even name John 3.16. And it's like, that is that is sad. That's sad. It's, but I mean, he was out somewhere, but I guarantee you that you go up over here to Dollar General and you ask four or five people the same question, there'd be, there might, you might be two or three with the same answer. They don't know. Why? Because they don't understand the love of God in their life. They think it's a religion. They think that we come here just to, just to have some religion in our life and we got to get past the point to know that Christ is in our life. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Just as God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and wanted to have that relationship with them, and we know man screwed that up, he come back and said, no, Jesus, through Jesus we can have that relationship again. So we all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever, whosoever believes in Him. So through that we know that we are loved by God. I am loved. In Christ I am loved. In Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. If we can grasp that, then we can get to this next point in our life, this next area in our life. Because we know we're loved, then we know we're forgiven. But it's not forgiveness is not just an automatic thing. What happens when you get forgiven of something? You've got to do what? You've got to ask for it. You've got to repent and ask for that forgiveness. Just because God loves us doesn't mean He forgives us. You say, well, I thought He did. Yeah, when you come and repent of your sins. Not just automatically wake up one morning and say, hey, God, we're good. No, it doesn't work that way. It's got to be a heart of repentance. A heart of repentance to know that, that I, I need God in my life and I need these things gone because I know He loves me. Because I know I've already read He loves me enough to send Jesus for me. So I'm holding on to these things. But I have, when we confess our sins, in, in 1 John 1, 9, it says if we, if you, we'll take that down to the personal level, to, the, to, to, to you, if you, if I confess my sins, I can't confess your sins to God and He can give you your sins. It doesn't work that way. You have to confess your sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Everybody, most people know these verses. That if you confess your sins, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that He's raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If we confess Him then and believe it in our heart, speak it with our mouth, then he, He's raising from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we know we're forgiven. I'm loved in Christ. I'm loved in Christ. I'm forgiven. In Christ, I'm forgiven. A lot of us are carrying around a lot of baggage and weight because we have not accepted the forgiveness and the love of God. Because we, we, the devil's, again, right there every day, telling us everything we've done wrong and how unworthy we are. Again, go back to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So there's no excuse for us to be there in our life and just stay there and stay put there. And in Ephesians chapter 1, I'll read a few verses here, starting in verse 3.
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another, here's another in Christ, okay? You can jot this down. This is, I'm, this is me in Christ. I'm loved, I'm forgiven, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed. He says, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in what? In Christ. It didn't say has blessed us with everything that I want in this life that God will make me rich and do everything for me. No, it goes deeper than that. Spiritual blessings in our life. Spiritual. And we got to get past what we think God's going to bless us for physically in our life and know that spiritually He's going to bless us. Why? Because when our spirit signed up with Him, His, His, His Spirit's living inside of us because we're saved. And, and, then, and then we, go, we know we got a place in heaven. So, so He's blessed us. He's blessing you. Sure, you're going to receive blessings from God physically in your life. Why? When you do the things that God's called you to do, okay? The Word of God says that. But we just can't look at the natural for the blessings of God all the time, as we do. Oh, God, I'm going to give this, and I believe that you're going to give me a Bentley next week. Quit thinking that way. As I've said plenty of times, tithing and, and, and offering is not a pyramid scheme. It's not, well, we're going to build up to here, and God's going to bless me even more spirit, you know, physically and give me a new house and new cars, and we're going to get new buildings and flashy stuff. It doesn't work that way. And you need to quit thinking of it that way. We give because God's told us to give. We tithe in our offerings because God's told us to do that. That's obedience to Him and His Word. And through that, you'll receive spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings, those things that you're praying for, those things that you're looking for, whether you're praying for salvation for, for a family member, for a friend, a co-worker, whatever it is, healing in your body. That's part of those spiritual blessings in your life. Not just physical things that we can put in our bank account and say, look what God's done. You know, look how much He's given me. And I, I know that there's people that go out there and preach that, and, and it's, it's not here, okay? It's not here. But God does bless physically. God does bless financially. God does bless um, with healing and all those things in our life. But we have to do what God says to do. We have to give. We have to be attentive to His Word. We have to be faithful to Him. And, and so, so we need to get past looking at the physical things in our life. Bless us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So we know that we're loved, we're forgiven, we're blessed because He's chose us before the foundation of the world. So we're chosen. We're chosen. He chose you before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and, and without blame before Him in love. So He chose us. Just like I said earlier, He knew we would be here. He knew you would be here. And I'm not preaching predestination this morning because as the Word of God says, anyone who's in Christ, so anyone counts out anything, any, any people that want to preach predestination, some saved, some not saved, you were predestined to save, you was not, you have no hope, that's not what my Bible says. And so we're not going to preach that here, but we're predestined. He predestined every man to be saved. Why? Because He created man in His image and His likeness and wanted us to have a relationship with Him. So then He gave us a free will. So you're predestined to use your free will and choice to do whether what God tells you to do or what you want to do. That's, that's predestined. Not predestined and God's going to leave some out and take some. No, that's their own choice and will in life. So, verse 5, having predestined us, and here, here's another one, us to adoption. So, we're, we're, we're chosen, we're adopted. As I said last week, we are not God's stepchildren. 
just because we're not children, we're not Jews or Israelites, whatever you want to say, we're not stepchildren, we're chosen, we're adopted, we're grafted in. Okay, we're in that we get the same blessings as they do. Every word of God, every promise of God is just to us as it was to them back in that day, okay? Because all God's promises, we'll read this in a little bit, or yes and amen, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, he said, adopting us sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us, we're accepted in the beloved. In him, in him. Through Jesus, through Jesus, we have redemption. You're redeemed. You're redeemed. There's nothing that can take that away. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, right? You're redeemed by Him, by what He done on the cross. You're redeemed. No matter what happens, no matter what you say, then, then you're redeemed. His blood redeems each and every one of us. Through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which, which He made to abound toward us all in wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, by which He purposed Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. So we all need to come together in Christ. We all need Jesus in our life. We all need to know that we have the power to overcome the things of the devil. We have the power to overcome these things in our life. Why? Because we're blessed, we're chosen, we're adopted, we're redeemed. What, what can I, do I need to go on of what you are in Christ? And I'll make you understand that the things of this world you should be not part of anymore. And the way of the world thinks you should not have that thought process in your mind. So, we know that. One thing that we, we struggle with in the body of Christ, in our own self, well, most of us do. And if you don't, then how many have problems with, with their tongue? All right, that's about everybody. My wife, I know she don't. She didn't raise her hand. <laughs> she never does or says anything wrong. So, no, she... <laughs> that's right. But our tongue is a hard thing for us to control, right? The book of James says that no man can control their tongue. Why? Because we can't control it on our own. Because we forget who we are in Christ. And, and we say and do things that are contrary to what we know is right. And we know is what's good in our life. And we say those things and we wish we hadn't. Then we feel bad for saying them. Why? Because we people, humans, are controlled by emotions. And so if we don't watch it, we let our emotions take over. And we all know if you're married, if you have children especially teenagers, you say things a lot of times that oh, I shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that, and it's not going to help anything, and you want to say more, and a lot of times we do. Why? Because we don't control our tongue. Because we don't realize the power that we have in our tongue. But not only power for bad things, but if we realize who we are in Christ, then our tongue and what we speak out can speak good things on people, right? can speak power because everywhere we read that, that we're, we're supposed to do something, it's putting action in. When we speak the name of Jesus over something, when we, when we, when we speak and we pray and, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us in our life for that discernment, we'll read that in a minute, that we, we then say, Holy Spirit, help take control of my tongue. 
Help take control of my thoughts to where I can say and do exactly what you want me to do, not what I want to do. Again, that goes back to our will and His will. And our way of thinking and the way He wants us to think. And so when we get those in line, then what we speak out of our mouth can be different. But again, a lot of us don't want those to come in line because, well, I'm just a blunt person. I'm just going to say what I think. Well, you shouldn't. According to the Word of God, you should not say everything you think. You should not say everything you want to say. Because um, it's, a lot of it's not good. And it's not beneficial. It's not helpful. It's only going to hurt. And it's, uh, it's only going to bring more, more strife and more discontent into whatever you're speaking unless we go to God first. Unless we say, Holy Spirit, help me right now. Say the right thing that I need to. I have to say that a lot. A lot. And then there's a lot of times that I don't, that I should have before and didn't. But we need that wisdom. We need that help to, to help control our tongue. It's hard for us to do. Because He wants us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, because in Christ we can. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. So in Christ, we can have and we have the ability to have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and revelation and knowledge. And I'm not talking about prophesying over people. I'm talking about what's going on in your life. Wisdom right now in your life. That's what you need to pray for. God, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom in every situation in my life. Give me wisdom and the knowledge to know what to do and what to say and how to act and everything that goes on. That's what we got to pray for. And that's ours. Because why? Because we're in Christ. He goes on to say the, and that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling that you that what are the riches of His glory of the inheritance of the saints, the, what, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. That's what we need in our life, and that's what we have the, the, the ability to, to, to call on and, and, and ask God to help us with because why the Holy Spirit has come to lead and guide us in all truths. And so when we ask Him for that wisdom and that knowledge, then we need to lean on it. And sure, when we ask Him for that wisdom and knowledge, hey, what, God, what do I need to say here? Give me the words to say do you not think the devil's right there saying, no, you need to say this. You need to do this. And we know it's wrong, but if we don't watch, if we don't keep leaning on the Holy Spirit in our life and the power of Him working through us, we'll go right back and say what we shouldn't have said. And it'll just blow up all over again. So we need that. We need to understand that through Christ we have this spirit of wisdom and revelation. We have that in our life. We have that available to us because of what Jesus does. And... and we also have every promise of God available to us as I said a while ago. In 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, for all, all the promises of God, all of them. That's a vast amount of promises of God in our life, right? All the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So in Christ, we have now the promises of God toward us. Toward us. To work through us. 
So we can see those blessings in our lives. So we can see God work through us. So we can see and know that we're the vessel that, that He's using each and every day. So we can be the, the light and the salt, as we read last week, in this dark and dying world. To where we can show them the love of God. And, and they can see that shine through us everywhere we go. Why? Because the promises, His promises toward us. He wants to bless us. He wants all good things abounding to us. He wants those things. But we have to realize who we are. And last, this is the last thing I wrote down, and, and there's a lot more. But in Christ, because I'm in Christ, because I know who I am in Christ, because I know it's all in my life, I've got a home in heaven. I've got a home in heaven. That's where we want to go. That's where we want to go when we leave this world. That's where, that's where our next step when we come out of this world is. But the thing to do while we're here, right? There's a lot of things to do while we're here, but we have a home in heaven because of Jesus. And for, in John chapter 14 and verse 1, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, not have, told you. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so he says, where I go, you know, and you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So let our hearts not be troubled. Though the things in this world look awful, the things in our life get, get, get discombobulated and, and messed up a lot of times and, and look grim and dim and we don't know which way to turn. If you don't know which way to turn, stop turning to the left or right or looking back and look up. That's where you got to turn. Stop looking to Facebook for your solutions. Stop looking for fa- to Facebook for drama to where you can get mad. Oh, I know. There's stuff on my Facebook feeds that I'm like, I just, I want to. I want to say something. And, and I know it would be fun and everybody laugh, but it would not help my situation any. It would not help what we're praying for, for different things going on in our life any at all. And just the same in your life. If you, if you do that and you get into that, it's not going to help you in your life. It's going to help more bitterness come there. It's going to help more chances for unforgiveness to come there. And, and then we forget who we are in Christ. We lose our identity of what we really and truly are. Because Jesus is the Lord of our life. So, so our heart gets troubled. Our heart gets, our heart gets hurt. Our heart gets broken at times. But he said, don't let them be troubled. Believe in God, also believe in me. In Jesus, in Christ, because Christ is in us. If Jesus is Lord of your life today, the good news is that Christ is in you. So it's the good news of that is that you can go out tomorrow and when the devil comes and tries to smack you in the face when you leave here or right now whatever you're going through, you can say, no, I am in Christ. I am in Christ. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. I don't have to talk the same. I don't have to act the same. I don't have to think the same. Why? Because he said, because we're in Christ, we also have the mind of Christ. He said, we have the ability now and the authority now through Christ to bring every thought into captivity under Him. To bring all those bad things that we're thinking in our mind. All the, all the doubt and unbelief and depression and anxiety and whatever's going on and all the things. We have the power and authority, not of ourselves, but through Christ to say, no, I bring every thought into captivity right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I'm a new creation. 
It all it goes back to that. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Stop trying to live the old life and, and identify as whatever else. I'm kind of a Christian. One of the worst things people say, I say worse, but, you know, it's just a thing people say in this world. Is you say, hey, hey, you're a Christian. Well, I go to church. Going to church does not make you a Christian. And we'll get into that at some point that you have got to realize that, that this is a building to where we meet. You are the church each and every day in your life. You're the body of Christ. The church is the local assembly, but you're the body of Christ. And you go out and represent that each and every day in your life. So we come here and you, we got to get past the, the concept, well, I go to church. Well, good for you. I promise, because there's other things coming in the door with you that go to church with you. So, I mean, do you leave all your thoughts and worries outside as you walk in the door? Or do you bring them in with you? Then what do you do when you bring them in? What are you doing? Are you asking God to help you with them? Are you just sitting here the whole service thinking on them and, and worrying about everything else that's going on? Because if we get to that point, then, then we've got to come back. Don't let your heart be troubled. Because we're going to go to heaven because we're in Christ. The only way you're going to go to heaven is to know that you're in Christ and Christ is in you and Jesus is Lord of your life. So stop. Stop holding on to the sin that so easily besets us, as Paul says. And, and let's push on and push forward as we, as we head into this new year that we're going to do what God called us to do, that we're going to be who God called us to be a lot different than we was last year. Not leading on our own strength and understanding, but that wisdom knowing that in Christ He's, he's, he's given me the wisdom, He's given me the insight to know what to do. I have to pray that all the time. Especially now in this role as this, God, give me wisdom and understanding to know what to do, which direction to go as, as we lead the people, as we lead this assembly that we come here together. And, and so it's no different in your own life, in your own family. You need to pray for those things and ask God to show you in your life what you need each and every day. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. If you're here today, and we say it every week, and I don't want to leave a service without it, and you don't know that Jesus is Lord of your life, then you don't know, then, then Christ, you can't be in Christ. The, the love is there. He wants to love you. He does love you. But you've got to ask for that forgiveness. You've got to ask for that.